This is an intro. <laughs> that was better than I gave, would have given you credit for. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> welcome back, everyone. We, uh, we're here for uh, an episode of Paranormal. I am Nicolina. And I'm Marie. And uh, yeah, we've got a full full hour, well, probably an hour, around an hour usually, uh, maybe 45 minutes uh, <laughs> of uh, some some sweet stories. I don't know what Marie's doing. Marie mm-hmm. knows what I'm doing. Uh-huh. I like but to keep my stuff hush Not hush. fully, not fully, but no. a little bit. Um, so yeah, so I'm excited for yours because mm-hmm. I've always wanted to know more about it, but I just don't have the energy to look into it. It's so. it is Meaty. not easy stuff. I will yeah. give you this is less a paranormal story than it is a science lesson. Um sure. like or science real, fiction. We're not sure. It, it it could be science fiction. It I mean the 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 articles that I wrote were literally uh, space.com and interestingengineering.com. So they're okay. as scientific as like yeah, yeah. you're gonna get. Okay, um, cool. but but then of course there's no like the evidence is the the theories are very new. So mm-hmm. they're still discovering. Um Okay. So that's yeah, but I'm not even gonna tell anyone yet until because yeah. Murray's going first. But yeah, mine's a surprise. So Yeah, okay. So surprises. So first do we want to do horoscopes and then tell everyone yes. what we're doing? Okay. Yes, yes. Okay, I'll do your horoscope first. Okay, cool. Okay. So Overall, the climate is tense at work and at home, Leo. You'll sense a feeling of restlessness and a longing for change. But you'll also feel a reluctance to make any real moves in that direction. Your judgment tells you that complaints that don't lead to action are meaningless. So why not be the catalyst that provokes some action? Wow. That is pretty pretty on point um family home not so much like I wouldn't say that there's a lot of restlessness at home mm-hmm. um like yeah here's going away fishing for four days uh okay. so maybe he's feeling restless and maybe. I get to now you know go have four days of to myself and Cosmo and do whatever but that's I wouldn't really say restless. I, I guess I'm restless to get my bunkie tomorrow. So yeah. That's one thing. Uh, I don't know. Yes. So that's that. Mm-hmm. Work, though, 1,000%, uh, I will mm-hmm. say restlessness exists there and the need to make a change. And I would say that um, with what may be coming forward, maybe the catalyst for change within this existing company that I work for. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like me saying what I like, what I'm going to say to them soon is going to Mm -hmm. possibly make some waves potentially and make some serious changes for some people. And unfortunately it's not going to benefit me, but maybe it'll benefit other people. I don't know. Fingers crossed. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, okay, yours is um, Gemini. Be careful not to lose your temper today, Gemini. (laughs) You're chomping at the bit these days. Although your daring nature has been reined in by financial and professional constraints, it's useless to entertain grandiose illusions at the moment. 
Moreover, if you do, you can expect some confrontations. If you're advised to be more conservative, heed the suggestion. Okay. So, yeah, sure. Be careful not to lose your temper. Yeah, okay, fine. That that rings true. Chomping at the bit these days, absolutely. But we are in retrograde. Mercury's in Gemini currently. I'm yeah. losing my fucking mind. Yeah. Um, and so is my Virgo husband because he's being affected by this they retrograde both, really badly both as very, well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but reined in by financial and professional constraints. I mean... Like, sure, because I'm on maternity leave, so my paychecks are cut in half, essentially, right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Useless to entertain grandiose illusions. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really been doing that because, again, I know how much money I'm bringing in right now, so can't really do that. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, nobody's advised me to be more conservative lately. You've just been, you just know that you have to. Yeah what you gotta do like you're not yeah like I haven't heard you say anything that's been like oh I really want to do this but I can't or like, yeah. you're just kind of like yeah uh, yeah but I've the ex- first part the first part the first part's pretty on point today yes or yeah well yesterday yesterday so um okay well, okay great well okay so here we go story time let's jump in biatch so i'm gonna do this story it's just like a regular old haunting story more of like okay. a haunted object i guess you could say okay. um but it was really interesting i saw this one on an episode called evil things mm. uh, on investigation discovery and Be- uh yeah so here we go so this is a story of kara and tom mm-hmm. and our story takes place in central california in december of 2002 It was Christmas Eve and Kara and Tom had been dating for about three years by this point. And every year for Christmas, Tom usually went completely overboard with his presents. This year, they were pretty tight with money. So obviously in the year 2002, this was before anyone had smartphones or if they did have a smartphone, it was like a Blackberry. The cameras were pretty shitty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you remember BBM. Um, And Kara had really, really wanted a video camera. Mm-hmm. But they were flat broke, so there was no way she was going to get that. Right. But somehow, despite them having no money, Tom was able to get a video camera for Kara for Christmas, and Kara couldn't wait to use it that weekend. Because this weekend, I guess the weekend of Christmas or Christmas Eve, um, every year there was a tradition that they had with their two friends. Their friends' names are Natasha and Jake. And they would all go camping on this weekend in the woods in California. Kara said that this year was exceptionally cold, so there was really no other campers around them, and they usually did venture deeper into the woods than normal to make sure that they didn't see any other people while on their camping trips because they really just wanted to get away from everyone and everything and just be the four of them hanging out. So that night, the couples are gathered around the campfire and they're talking about a new business venture that Natasha and Jake are about to embark on. They were opening a food truck, if anyone was interested. And when all of a sudden, they hear wolves howling. And they sound extremely close by. And of all the times they have ever gone camping in these woods, they have never heard a wolf, ever. They can't see them from where they're sitting, but they sound so close that they come to the conclusion that they must be within the tree line. Kara had a really smart idea. 
the camera that they brought with them has a night vision setting. So they turn the camera on and they use the night vision setting. But as soon as they turn it on, the howling stops. So they shut off the camera and they decide that they're just going to chill out for a little bit. And within a few hours, they're all asleep in their tents, except for Kara. Kara's lying awake and she's used to hearing other campers close by, like partying and stuff at night. When it's like late at night, obviously you're not making any noise. But then she hears something that she's never heard before. It's definitely human and it sounds like a woman is screaming. So she wakes up Tom and she asks him if he heard it. And he was fast asleep, so obviously he hadn't heard it. So she wants to get out, but Tom is like, I'm sleepy. So they stay in the tent because she's also afraid. And eventually she falls asleep. The next afternoon... The four of them go for a long hike and they were almost back to their camp when they stumble across what looks like an abandoned rundown cabin. It looks super fucking creepy. Didn't look like anyone lived there for a long time. Tom wants to head back so Kara went with him but Jake and Natasha wanted to continue hiking. So Kara was really thankful that Tom wanted to head back because it was starting to get dark She thought that Jake and Natasha were only going to be a few minutes behind them because it was getting dark. Mm -hmm. But by the time the sun had set, it's like fucking pitch blackout again in the middle of the woods in California. Um, And they're still not back to the campsite. Kara's worried that they've gotten lost and she expresses this to Tom, but he tells her not to worry and that they're probably just getting they're probably just getting it on in the middle of the woods. Mm -hmm. But Kara expresses that she's like really really concerned Natasha and Jake have gone camping so many times with Kara and Tom and they've never done anything like this before so it's very out of character for them Mm -hmm. so Tom begrudgingly agrees to go and look through the woods with Kara for Natasha and Jake so it's pitch blackout Tom does have one flashlight so he uses the flashlight and so Kara again uses the camera with the night vision on it They're calling out for their friends. They're walking through the woods, but they're not getting any answers from them. Kara is looking through the viewfinder on the camera because it has night vision. And she's like sweeping across the woods with the camera looking to see if she can find them. So she's like sweeping back and forth with this camera, right? Left to right. So she's all of a sudden she's panning to the left and a woman who is screaming and crying and wearing like a floor length nightgown appears on the viewfinder Hmm. so yeah so Kara screams Mm -hmm. and Tom is like what the fuck so he comes running over and so Kara had been like startled so she had removed the camera from her face right because she's like what the fuck was that but then she puts like puts gets her bearings puts the camera back up and is looking for this woman and there's nobody there So she tells Tom that there's someone in the woods with them, that she saw a woman who was screaming and crying, but her and Tom are looking around for her and they can't find her. While they're looking, Jake and Natasha end up coming out of the woods and they say that they heard screaming. So Kara and Tom tell their friends that she had seen a woman and ask if they had seen anything while they were out here or if they saw anyone. Mm -hmm. And their friends hadn't seen anyone, hadn't seen anything weird and so they real they come to the conclusion that the screaming they that they heard was Kara's screaming, okay. not this mystery woman. Yeah, yeah. Because 
it becomes obvious that Tom, Natasha, and Jake think that Kara imagined the entire thing. They think that it was really dark in the woods. She was already afraid that her friends were missing Mm -hmm. and that all of this country and that like she didn't really sleep well the night before because she thought she had heard a woman crying. Sure. So they think that all of this contributed to her thinking that she saw something really, really scary that wasn't actually there. Mm -hmm. So they all go back to the campsite and they're sitting around the fire trying to calm Kara down. And then Natasha starts asking Kara more questions about the woman and Kara tells her that she thinks that the she just like had a feeling that this woman was running away from somebody, that that's the kind of vibe that she got when she looked at her. And then she tells Natasha that she thinks she heard her screaming in the woods the night before. So her friend kind of like laughs at her saying, so there's either a killer on the loose in the woods who's trying to get this woman and she's running away from him mm-hmm. or this woman is crazy and could very well come back and attack us while we're sleeping. Right. Obviously, this doesn't ease anyone's minds, but the girls just kind of laugh about it. And eventually, they come to the conclusion that Kara just must be crazy and it wasn't a big deal. So everyone goes to bed and Kara still cannot stop thinking about the woman. Obviously, I wouldn't be able to. She's convinced that the woman is out there and she's convinced that the woman needs help. She knows what she saw and she couldn't ignore the fact that there was a woman out there alone and afraid somewhere. She felt like they were near the cabin when she saw the woman. So she gets up in the middle of the night when everyone else is sleeping and grabs the camera again. And she went back out to where she thinks that she saw the woman. The only thing she could think of was that if she was in that woman's position, she would hope that somebody would come and help her. This time when she went out, instead of just looking through the viewfinder, Kara decides to press record and flip out that little screen on the side of it. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about? Mm -hmm. Um, So that she can record any evidence of the woman on her camera. She gets to the cabin and she can hear a woman crying, but she's too afraid to go into the cabin. So she starts calling out like, hello, do you need any help? Hello. No one answers her. So she walks up to the cabin and she puts the camera's like viewfinder through one of the slats of wood so like the camera's not in the cabin but it's just pointing through the little crack in the wood like between the two things of wood um so she can see in the cat in the cabin using the camera and while she's kind of like looking around through this crack in the wood she sees a man who is bleeding and chained up and the same woman is in the room and she's crying Kara completely fucking loses her mind and runs all the way all the way back to camp and wakes up everybody knowing that she had this recorded on the camera now. So like you cannot tell me I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. Right. They play the tape back and miraculously all of the footage that she recorded up to the point of actually seeing the people on the camera is completely fine. Mm -hmm. But then as soon as it gets to the part where the humans appear on the camera Mm-hmm. It goes fuzzy and they're static. Okay. And then when she's running back to the campsite, yep. the recording's completely normal. Fine. So yeah. the only time the record recording goes haywire is when the people are supposed to be there. Sure. Because of this, her friends don't believe her again. So she goes to sleep in the car because she's pissed off until the next morning. Yeah. The next morning, she's like, that's it. She fucking rounds all of them up and takes them back to the camera uh, cabin to show them where she had seen the people because she's thinking this guy was bleeding everywhere. There's going to be evidence there. Right. Like he was chained up, you know. 
Um, yep. Whether they're there or not, there's going to be something that shows that that something what happened. I saw was yeah. there, right? Mm-hmm. So they get to the cabin and there's no sign of them. There's no blood. There's nothing. So Tom and Kara drive back home at this point. And uh, Kara says that they barely spoke to each other the entire time. Mm-hmm. So the next morning, Kara calls her friend Mike, who fixes and works with video cameras at a local news station. She thought that he might be able to explain why the footage went static at that one point in time on the tape. Mm-hmm. But he cannot. Basically, I'm going to try and describe this as best I can. The only time that a camera will go staticky like that is when the camera is not recording. So if you're playing a video type and there's nothing recorded on that tape, that's when it will be static. Sure. But if you are recording or if you're watching something that's been recorded on a tape, but it's been messed up in some way, it'll show like a blue screen or something like that. Right. But it won't won't be that like black and white static. Black and white static. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for some reason this, so he's looking at like, then he's looking at like the physical tape inside of the, of of the recording, the little VHS thing. Um, and he's like, you can see that this has been recorded on. This is not a blank tape. Right. Right. There is this moment in time where there is static. There is something recorded there, Uh but this is fucking impossible. So I have no idea what's going on right so at this point Kara's frustrated and she gets an idea and asks Mike if she can borrow one of his cameras she knew that she was seeing things that were not recording to the camera but she wondered if she could record it in a different way so Mm -hmm. this was brilliant on her part I'm thinking she's just going to record with Mike's camera yeah no no girls so smart so what she does is she sets up her camera in their bedroom and points the camera at, like, the camera, her camera, her camera that she got for Christmas. Right. She points it at their bed where they're sleeping that night. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's recording her and Tom sleeping in bed, her camera. But then she also sets up Mike's camera. But instead of Mike's camera recording them sleeping, she pops out that little screen on the side of her video camera where she mm-hmm. saw the woman mm-hmm. and the man and points Mike's camera recording that tiny screen. Okay. Do you get, okay. Do you, so that, do you get the logistics? Oh, so that she can record what's on the screen, not what on gets screen, recorded. Exactly. Yes. So she does this and I'm like, you are a brilliant woman. So, yep. so she does this and Kara lets it record all night. The next morning, she goes to view the footage on her camera, and there is a point in time during the middle of the night where the footage goes staticky. So she grabs Mike's camera, fast forwards to that point in time to see what sh- what this camera saw on her viewfinder. On her viewfinder, yep. And um, it finally shows them what Kara has been seeing all this time. All of a sudden, the same man that had been chained up appears on camera. Fuck off. And he walks over. To Kara, who's sleeping in her bed, and he's just, like, standing over her, looking at her. Oh, my fucking God. So she shows Tom the footage, and he's like, I have no idea who or what this person is, but Uh, I need to tell you something. uh, I don't. So. This story's fine. Are you ready? No. (laughs) 
So the reason why Tom was able to afford the video camera for Kara Mm -hmm. is because he purchased it at a police auction. That's why it was cheap enough for him to buy. Right. He also took this a step farther. (laughs) This is fucked, okay? He also took it a step farther and went online and found someone who had the exact same video camera who would sell him the packaging of the camera for five bucks so that he could pack the camera up and pass it off as a brand new camera to Kara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Kara understandably freaks the fuck out. Because she's like, what the fuck? You gave me an item from a police auction. This means that this was evidence in a crime. Oh, As a my Christmas God. gift. This is so fucked up. Like, this is fucked up. Because that's what they do, right? If there's a car that's involved right, in they take a crime, video. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, it's not just that. It's it's it wasn't it wasn't that they took that it wasn't a police camera that took a video. It was an item that had been used in a crime that had then been taken was in evidence. And then once the cases are closed or once like the charges go through and the court cases are finished, they auction it off because it's property of the state. It's no longer this person's property. So if there's like a drug, I don't know, a fucking drug bust and they take the person's car because the person was delivering drugs in their car, they auction the car off after everything's over. Got it. Got it. So. So Kara grabs the camera and she grabs Tom and she takes them to the police station. She wants to know if they have any information about what it is that's going on here. Right. When she brings it to like she's just like not like going there to be like I'm seeing ghosts on my camera or I'm seeing fucked up shit on my camera. Just like tell me about this camera. So she brings it to the officer and they bring so they bring they bring the paperwork from the auction so that they can like look up what case it's in reference to obviously. And the police officer looks absolutely astonished and tells them he has no idea how they got their hands on this camera because it should not have been in the auction. No shit. It should still be in their evidence collection. Oh my God. Kara asks him why that is. And the police officer's response is that the camera belonged to a, quote, really bad guy. Yeah. So Kara starts getting like weird intuition at this point and starts asking more questions. And so she asks the officer, did this guy murder somebody? And the officer responds, yes. And she asks the man if he had killed a man and a woman. And the officer said, yes. And she said, did he tie the man up? before he killed him and the officer has he has like the police reports for the file in front of him and he's flipping through all of it and he tells her yeah that's what it looks like happened here then she asks him if the man filmed the murders with this video camera oh my god and and the officer tells her yeah he did so Kara had a feeling that this is a case of residual energy and she had researched residual energy a few years prior So some people believe that a violent death can play over and over again like a movie that never ends. So Kara thinks that this energy got trapped in the camera. And when people use the camera, it plays the murder over and over again. She's aware that this might make her sound crazy, but she doesn't have any other explanation for why this happened. And neither do I. Kara and Tom eventually broke up. Kara has never had another paranormal experience like this one or Mm -hmm. since this one has never had any other paranormal experiences. 
The camera is still in the possession of the police department in California, and Kara has since burned the tape that she had recorded. So do they know if that tape just got wiped and then resold with the camera? Or was that a brand new tape that was put inside the camera? Because I have no idea. My thoughts are if it was a it was the same tape and they just Mm -hmm. erased it, Uh then that tape may have had images like mm-hmm. seared into it but from like photography, like whatever the I understand. science of that could be. I totally get what you're saying. It doesn't explain a few things. One thing it doesn't explain is that the first time that this happened, she wasn't hitting record. She was just using it as a night vision device. So it wasn't. Sure. It wasn't the actual reco- tape. The tape wasn't winding mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or doing anything like that. The second thing is the guy recorded a bed. man standing over her bed. Yeah. That part so doesn't doesn't add that- up. That doesn't jive. So, yeah, basically. But this man, did he? Did he die? Like they? Okay, he did. Oh, the murderer. The murderer. Yeah, did he die? I don't know. She didn't say anything about it in her episode. Because, like, I mean, how else would? (laughs) Why would he be? How else would he be standing? I mean, he could be in the tape. Oh, the murder. Oh, yes, he murdered. So, yeah, the murderer isn't standing over her in bed. Oh, it's the guy who got killed. It's the man who was killed. It's the same Got man it. that she saw chained up. Got it. So he's the dead guy. Yes. For sure. Yes. For I sure. See. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. interesting. <laughs> that's, that's pretty wild. And the fact that she didn't have any other paranormal experiences pretty much post and then after just tell me that yeah. she's not really someone who's looking for paranormal events to occur. Like she's no. not someone who's looking no. like she didn't look she for wasn't, this no she wasn't like and then my eyes opened to all the other paranormal things happening around me like this was no, very like, wasn't a, like that. isolated great like incident that just it, yeah that's yeah, wild just this one thing that happened to her and that was it nuts yeah i thought so all right well i think we should take a break and then uh i'll come back mine isn't as like shocking as yours but whatever yeah but yours is gonna be good it's gonna be it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun <laughs> Okay. So, as many of you have probably heard uh, or or seen already, um, but Doctor Strange, just the new Doctor Strange came out, uh, the multiverse of madness, and um, basically, I was like. Just n- not really thinking like anything of what mul- like that there was an existence of multiverses or anything like that. But then mm-hmm. I started. I don't know if I like Googled the. Oh, I Googled the 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 movie, and then it was like an article came up about real multiverses, and I was like, oh, I didn't know that there were such things. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, okay, well, do these things actually exist? Is this like evidence of, you know, where potentially like aliens come from or other life or whatever, the, the whatever. So mm-hmm. I just started, I just decided that I was going to uh, kind of dig into the science and the kind of paranormal of it but like it's more science than paranormal so the I mean the articles that I I've sourced here are from space.com and the title is do parallel universes exist we might live in a multiverse so 
that's crazy. Um, that title <laughs> alone, like clickbait or not, like it's pretty fucking wild. Um, so that was one of the articles and it was uh, by um, Vicky Stein and Daisy Dobrojevic. And then the other one is interestingengineering.com. And then, and the title is The First Ever Evidence of the Multiverse. And this is by Marsha Rendorf. So this is what I am going to discuss. And we can pretty much, um, we can discuss our own opinions about whether or not any of these kind of uh, things could be true. But there's a lot of um, science-backed evidence that we potentially are living in a multiverse. So, yeah. So basically, in um, 1964, physicists Arno Penzias and Robert Wilson were working at Bell Labs in Holmdale, New Jersey, setting up ultra-sensitive microwave receivers for radio astronomy observations. No matter what the two did, they couldn't rid the receivers of background radio noise that seemed to be coming from all directions at once. So it wasn't like you know, how we have like room noise or whatever, like it was everywhere and they couldn't get rid of it, like no matter what they did. Okay. So Penzias contacted Princeton University physicist Robert Dick, who suggested that the radio noise might be cosmic microwave background radiation called CMB which is primordial microwave radiation that fills the universe, which was emitted shortly after the Big Bang. So when the Big Bang occurred, basically like it created this explosion that caused cosmic radiation that filled the space around. Okay. So this discovery also led to one of the most surprising findings in recent history. Unique features in the CMB could be the first direct evidence we've ever had of the multiverse, of an infinity of worlds and alien peoples that exist beyond the known universe. However, to properly understand this extraordinary claim, it's necessary to first take a journey back to the beginning of space and time. So here we go. Easy. Easy. Easy peasy. (laughs) According to the broadly accepted theory for the origin of our universe, for the first several hundred thousand years after the Big Bang, our universe was filled with a ferocity of hot plasma comprised of nuclei, electrons, and protons, which scattered light. By around 380,000 years of age, the continued expansion of our universe caused it to cool to below 3,000 degrees Kelvin, which allowed electrons to combine with nuclei to form neutral atoms, and the absorption of free electrons allowed light to illuminate the dark. Evidence of this in the form of radiation from the cosmic microwave background, known as CMB, is what was detected by Penzias and Wilson, and it helped establish the Big Bang Theory of Cosmology. So basically they established what happened during that time and what, how, how, the, how the world was created um, or our world or our multiverse, whatever it might, might be. Our universe, yeah. Our universe at was least, created, exactly, yes. at least ours. So yeah. over the eons, continued expansion cooled our universe to a temperature of just around 2.7 Kelvin. But that temperature isn't uniform. 
Differences in temperature arise from the fact that matter is not uniformly distributed throughout the universe. This is thought to be caused by tiny quantum density fluctuations that occurred right after the Big Bang. One spot in particular seen from the Southern Hemisphere is the constellation Iridanus. It's particularly cold, much colder than its surroundings. It was dubbed the cold spot, and scientists originally thought it was a supervoid, an area that contains far fewer galaxies than normal. Then, in 2017, researchers at the UK's Durham University Centre for Extragalactic Astronomy published research that they say suggests that that cold spot isn't a supervoid after all. Instead, it may be evidence of alien universes. Durham professor Tom Shanks proposed what he described as a more exotic explanation for the cold spot. In his work, Shanks argued that the cold spot was called by a collision between our universe and another bubble universe. The cold spot might be taken as the first evidence for the multiverse, and billions of other universes may exist like our own. Previously, physicists including Anthony Aguirre, Matt Johnson, and Matt Kleban had pointed out that a collision between our bubble universe and another bubble universe in the multiverse would in fact produce an imprint on the cosmic background radiation. Additionally, they noted that it would appear as a round spot having either a higher or a low, lower level of radiation intensity. Interesting. Can Shanks proposed. Yeah. Yes. Quickly. Mm-hmm. When, when, anyone, when anyone ever talks about a multiverse, yes. I always assume that it means that we mm-hmm. exist in mm-hmm. a bunch of other universes. So that so is I'm a like, proposed theory, but... Shut up. Okay. Yes. Because I thought like, okay, maybe it's just like another universe that also exists, but with like different life forms, not like a version of me doesn't exist there. Right. So Doctor okay. Strange is okay. their multiverse idea. Doctor Strange is that we exist in other multiverses and have different, different lives, but similar parallels in our lives. So like we right. look like, the same, is- we have the same people in our lives. We right. literally, but we may make different decisions. We may have different personalities, right. but like same shit, same matter. Right. Right. Like so in this- another universe. I'm actually, I actually, when I met Travis Barker, we fell in love and we we got married instead of him and Courtney. Exactly. Something like that. Along those, but you'll still have the same. I want to go live in that one. You'll still have the same kind of people within your life that mean similar things and like whatever. I don't know. Okay. Got Um, it. Got it. Which is the more, like there's evidence for that, but then there's evidence against that as well. So. Uh, Shank's proposal seems to fit the bill, but could this feature really be evidence of an infinite multitude of universes that exist beyond our own? Today, there are three main contenders that explain how the multiverse may function. The Copenhagen interpretation, the many worlds or branches of the wave function interpretation, and the parallel brains of string theory. So the simplest and more straightforward approach which we will get to go through in in this episode um is the many worlds interpretation which was first posted in 1957 by a graduate student at princeton university named hugh everett 
Everett was studying physics under John Archibald Wheeler, who had envisioned the fabric of the universe as being a churning, subatomic realm of quantum fluctuations, which he called quantum foam. In his dissertation, entitled The Theory of the Universal Wave Function, Everett contended that the universal wave function is real and doesn't collapse as in the Copenhagen interpretation. In that case, then every possible outcome of a quantum measurement is realized in some world or, or universe. And by that logic, there must be a very large or infinite number of universes. Everett's many worlds interpretation of quantum physics received little support from the wider physics community. And Everett spent his entire working life outside of academia. So strongly did Everett believe in his theory that he ate whatever he wanted, smoked three packs of cigarettes a day, drank to excess and refused to exercise because he believed that he basically existed in like multiple universes, that he was just one existence of multiple universes out there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So in July of 1982, Hugh Everett died suddenly of a heart attack at the age of 51. Per his instructions, Everett was cremated and his ashes thrown into the garbage. Oh, because that's how little he believed that his he his fine his life mattered con- compared to what because else he was just, out there. He's just going to exist elsewhere, anyways. So yes, in 1996, Everett's daughter Elizabeth unalived herself, mm-hmm. and in her um, note prior to doing that, she stated that she too wanted her ashes to be thrown into the garbage so that she might end up in the correct parallel universe to meet up with her father. Oh boy. Yeah. Okay. Everett's son, Mark Oliver Everett, went on to form the rock group, The Eels, whose music is often filled with themes of family death and lost love. Mm, They're electric. Yeah. (laughs) So. Because eels? Yeah, I get it. (laughs) So obviously, like this, this theory was in existence for quite some time. And then famed British physicist Stephen Hawking, who died on March 14th, 2018 Mm -hmm. in his final research paper published just 10 days before he died was written along with thomas hertog a professor of theoretical physics at ku levin university in belgium and it also concerned the multiverse in the paper entitled a smooth exit from eternal inflation Hawking and Hertog proposed that the rapid expansion of space-time after the big bang may have happened repeatedly creating a multitude of universes, just like Everett had proposed. But they have a different explanation. In this explanation of inflation theory, the currently held theory that the Big Bang was not really the beginning, inflation theory suggests that for the Big Bang, the universe was filled with energy that was part of space itself. And that energy caused space to expand at an exponential rate. It is that energy that gave rise to the Big Bang. So it wasn't just started all with the Big Bang. There were things that were happening to create that Big Bang prior to it, right? Well, like, yeah, that makes That sense. makes sense that there was yeah. energy that existed to create, to, an to explosion form. Just, an, the explosion doesn't just happen from nothing. Yeah. It didn't happen from nothing, exactly. Right. However, because inflation, like everything else, is quantum in nature, it must have ended at different times in different locations, while the space between the locations continued to inflate. 
This in turn means Mm. that there would be regions of space where inflation ends and a big bang again begins. Got it. So that's where the multiverse theory can come to be. Is that that sense? There were multiple big bangs Mm -hmm. and there was an ending and another start of a big bang. Mm -hmm. And that there was Mm -hmm. space between these where we can bump to like the they they yeah the right things can come together where we're like almost parallel to each other or or next to each other but we don't Mm -hmm. really know when that's going to happen of course um so basically uh the regions can never encounter one another because they're separated by regions of inflating space in an interview hawking explained his concerns with inflation theory saying The usual theory of eternal inflation predicts that globally our universe is like an infinite fractal with a mosaic of different pocket universes separated by an inflating ocean. The local laws of physics and chemistry can differ from one pocket universe to another, which together would form a multiverse. But I have never been a fan of the multiverse because if the scale of different universes in the multiverse is large or infinite, the, the-, the theory then cannot be tested. So they wanted to come up with something that was a testable theory to see if there were evidences of, of multiverses. So Hertog and Hawking then used their new theory to predict-, predict that the universe, which emerges from eternal inflation, is actually finite and much simpler than the infinite fractal structure predicted by the existing theory of eternal inflation. Hawking explained that we are not down to a single unique universe, but our findings imply a significant reduction of the multiverse to a much smaller range of possible universes. This makes the theory not only more predictive, but also testable. And if Hawking and Hertog, Everett, and a multitude of other physicists are right, then somewhere in another universe at the exact moment that we are talking about this, Hawking is walking and talking animatedly about physics somewhere else. Right. Right. So that mysterious process of inflation and the Big Bang have convinced some researchers that multiple universes are possible or even very likely. According to theoretical physicist Alexander Velkin of Tufts University in Massachusetts, inflation didn't end everywhere at the same time. While it ended for everything that we can detect from Earth... 13.8 billion years ago, cosmic inflation in fact continues in other places. This is called the theory of eternal inflation. And as inflation ends in a particular place, a new bubble universe forms. Velkin wrote for Scientific America, which he wrote in 2011. So basically, those bubble universes can't connect each other because they continue to expand indefinitely. If we were to set off for the edge of our bubble, where it might butt up against the next bubble, We'd never reach it because the edge is zipping away from us faster than the speed of light and faster than we could ever travel. But even if we could reach the next bubble, according to eternal inflation, combined with string theory, our familiar universe with its physical constraints and habitable conditions could be totally different from the hypothetical bubble universe next to our own. So basically what they're saying is that the living conditions in another universe could be different than what our living conditions are. For That's life. what I'm thinking. Cause I'm thinking, okay, it moves 
along, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's these spaces in between these right. universes. Right. But so they require this, different living conditions in a different exactly. place. Like if this Big Bang happened when the temperature was two degrees lower than than right. the one previous, right. it can be a completely different, well, it would be a completely different universe just from that two degree difference. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Which is why there's the thought that the thought that Hawking is somewhere in another universe walking and talking is probably unlikely. Right. Because but so it would nice need to, to be imagine. so nice to imagine, but <laughs> it would need to have been done in the exact same environment as our universe to create that exact replica exact universe. Yeah, of that I'm other thinking. universe, right? So it's more likely that there may not be the same type of life out there. Yeah. Or the same existence or the same chemistry or living of, conditions of or living anything. conditions right yeah so this picture of the universe or multiverse as it is called explains the long-standing mystery of why the constants of nature appear to be fine-tuned for the emergence of life the reason is that intelligent observers exist only in those rare bubbles in which by pure chance the constants happen to be just right for life to evolve the rest of the multiverse remains barren but no one is there to complain about it, right? Velkin's explanation implies that in some of the infinite bubble universes outside of our own, there could be intelligent observers. But in every instant that passes, we get further and further away from them, and we will never intersect. The many worlds theory proposes instead that every time one state or outcome is observed, there is another world in which a different quantum outcomes become reality. This is a branching arrangement in which instant by instant, our perceived universe branches into near infinite alternatives. Those alternate universes are completely separate and unable to intersect. So while there may be uncountable versions of you living a life that's slightly or wildly different from your life in this world, you'd never know. Some physicists believe in a flatter version of multiple universes. That is, if the universe that we live in goes on forever, There are only so many ways that the building blocks of matter can arrange themselves as they assemble across infinite space. Eventually, any finite number of particle types must repeat a particular arrangement. Hypothetically, in a big enough space, those particles must repeat arrangements as large as entire solar systems and galaxies. So, your entire life might be repeated elsewhere in the universe, down to what you ate for breakfast yesterday, at least in this theory. But if the universe began as a finite point, as nearly every physicist agrees that it did, an alternate version of you likely doesn't exist, according to astrophysicist Ethan Siegel's 2015 Medium article. According to Siegel, the number of possible outcomes from particles in any universe interacting with one another tends towards infinity faster than the number of possible universes increases due to inflation. So what does that mean for you, Siegel wrote? It means it's up to you to make this universe count. Yeah. And that's that's the potential theories on the multiverse. Wow. That was very interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a scientist or a physicist or anything. So I don't sure. know all of the explanations that are presented here and all the in-depths of quantum whatever. But mm-hmm. I have a very general understanding of what could be or could not be out there and my theory if I was to be if I was to hold a theory I would think that 
most likely there are universes out there that have created habitable, like have life out there. For sure. We will likely never intersect or never know. Right. Whether or not those universes have literal people or mm-hmm. or like, other life forms or, or li- other life forms I honestly I I don't I don't know I really don't know like I assume Damn. that there was probably another universe created out there in it what are the chances that ours is the only universe that created life yeah I, I I've always had that argument like I've always held that belief that right. like there's no way like Starts. It starts off with like, well, there's no way that our planet is the only planet with intelligent life in the entire galaxy. Right. Right. So then there's the question of are aliens much more like so if there's the existence of aliens out there in other universes, have they somehow been able to are so sophisticated that they have somehow found a way to get to our our universe? Like, we don't I don't know. Right. Right. I don't know. And that's really the question. Like, but by the sounds of it from in our universe, we Mm -hmm. have no way of, of locating or finding like, right. There's the speed of our technology is Mm -hmm. not fast enough to locate anything else. Right. Of course. Yeah. But it's like, not yet. It's not yet. But like, it's like Mm -hmm. millions of years away. How Mm-hmm. But I guess the question is that maybe we are one of the bubble universes that were created later. Could be. Maybe could we be, weren't yeah. the original bubble universe. Well, I, I actually highly doubt we are because I feel like we're just so primitive. Right. Like, I honestly feel deep within my bones that we're so primitive as a species, as... I agree. Like, as a society, like a society, like a world society, As a world society. Like, I yeah. feel like we are not... As advanced as potentially other multiverses, like of other universes that could potentially be out there. Yeah. Even just like looking at, this is just like a, just like, even looking like politically, like it's wild to me how like mm-hmm. we have, we have, we have a parties who know, who know that to advance humanity Right. They need to do certain things and they actively fight against those things, doing those things. Yeah. Which makes me think that our being and consciousness Mm -hmm. in our universe, we're pretty new. I feel. I agree. I think we're pretty new. Yeah. So, damn. I don't know. Thinking about the science behind it makes me just Mm -hmm. feel like, yeah, we're. Sounds like we're pretty fucking new. Yeah. If, little if, angels. What, like, little what angel are the babies. chances, j- just as the chances of life form being created in other worlds or whatever, what are the chances that we're the only fucking mm-hmm. universe to have created life and the first? That's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty fucking narcissistic of us to think that we're the fucking <laughs> only ones out there who, like, we haven't even this. been able to figure out how to close YouTube while having the music continue to play. Like, we're pretty new. We're pretty new. <laughs> right. So this just lends me to believe that there probably is alien life out there. And they're yeah, probably way more primitive, probably way more advanced, advanced than us. Yes. Like, like lifetimes. like Lifetimes. Like eons more advanced than we are, for eons. sure. Eons, yes. Yes. Um, all right. Well, there so we have it. Take that star talk. As you will. Um, Take that star talk.
you all know right. that podcast it's all about the galaxy and it's actually done by an actual physicist and like oh. guy who yeah Admir listens to it and I'm sure that we that guy would have a lot more to say than I do that about. would trip me I would be I would get so much anxiety when I think like I would get just get too much anxiety to listen to that I know um it, it gave me anxiety reading this yeah, just yes the idea of <laughs> I thought that Doctor Strange was just like a concoction of I didn't know it was based right. in like reality actual scientific discovery that is literally like five years old yeah yeah crazy what <laughs> I know I know all right yeah. anyway so we'll... do some fuck Mary kills yeah let's do some famous scientist fuck Mary okay. kills you got some up I do. I've got some. Okay. You want to go first? I've got some ready for you. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm doing Albert Einstein, Isaac Newton, and Stephen Hawking. All right. I'm going to marry Albert Einstein. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just. Okay. I like, I feel like he had the most personality. I don't sure. really know Isaac Newton very well, but I feel like there's enough Who does? N- enough popular culture around Albert Einstein that like mm-hmm. I kind of get a vibe from him. Sure. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> I'll probably sleep with Isaac Newton. Just he's mm-hmm. got a good bone structure. And yeah. um, I mean, Stephen Hawking did. They're all dead. So I don't really feel like <laughs> bad about killing any of them. Yeah. Um, I know. But if Stephen Hawking is living somewhere in another multiverse right now. Then mm-hmm. I don't feel bad killing him at all. Mm-hmm. Right. True. And that's it. They all are living in another. They are all universe. living. I could kill them all, and <laughs> it's all good. But if he's not, like, I still feel like mm-hmm. it's okay because he already he's already passed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like I would marry Stephen Hawking. Okay. I would. Yeah. I would ha- I feel like I would also have sex with Isaac Newton 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 Newton, Newton. and then I would I would kill Albert Einstein I think. Oh, okay. Um I just feel like um Stephen Hawking could teach me so much more about like current current science. current stuff, yeah. Right? That's fair. And then yeah, so that's that's why I went that way and then yep. just a pure fuckability uh Isaac Newton versus Albert Einstein. <laughs> pure fuckability. Okay. Isaac Newton. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> that luscious hair. Wow. <laughs> I'm actually picturing him with like cut hair and I'm like what a handsome lad. He, he is. He really is. <laughs> I know. Okay. Um okay. Um okay. This is this is too there's too many options. Okay. Uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna go with Nikola Tesla. Okay. Um, Galileo Galilei, just because I wanted to say the name. Nice. Ooh, Alexander Graham Bell. And the only reason mm. why I say Alexander Graham Bell is because I dressed up as Alexander Graham Bell when I was in grade eight and did a presentation about his. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, and did a presentation on his discovery of the telephone and like all of that. Brantford, um, Ontario, baby. Brent, yep. And yes, <laughs> uh, I literally wore a beard. I tied my hair. <laughs> yep. I wore a big pea coat and stuffed it. I love this. And it was beautiful. I, I got an it. A plus on the assignment. I am straight off the hop killing Nikola Tesla. Okay. I reasons 
he looks like a villain. He <laughs> does a have a villainous. Movie. He does have like a villainesque look to him. I will give he you that. He looks like a villain, and Galileo and Alexander Graham Bell. They look like kindly, kindly kind, old. They look like kindly grandfathers. Men. Yep. Um. So I'm gonna kill Tesla. I'm gonna marry Galileo, and I'm gonna have sex with Alexander Graham Bell. Yeah, I just think that the Italian connection with Galileo would be like, yeah, cool. Sure. As well. Yeah. Conducive to marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I, hmm, I agree. Okay. Good. I agree. Because literally Nikola Tesla's, <laughs> I wanted to give Nikola Tesla a chance, but then I'm looking mm-hmm. at him and I'm like, you look like you might kill me. So yeah. I'm going to kill you first. He looks Even though like- you, you don't, you didn't, you're don't, you don't have any evidence of that in your life. He looked like, he, like when I picture who could have been Jack the Ripper like that's what the man looks like the like I feel though, like that's what he looks like yeah even the no old, I'm not even him that even Tesla him as an elder he looks a little bit scary yeah I'm not saying that I believe that Nikola Tesla was Jack the Ripper I just mean that I think that he looks like what Jack the Ripper would have looked like I that's also just think that he I'm lived getting. in the same time frame of right. Jack the Ripper, which is sure. I think that his Could be. styling is very much the same as what we right. see as that. But right. um, but no, he, like I mean, his photos really just don't give off a warm vibe. No, not at all. Unfortunately, not at all. and so, I mean, I know Galileo sorry, is just a painting, but <laughs> I don't care. Anyway, that's my answer, and I stand by it. I stand. It's by a it. good idea, and I it's a good idea. <laughs> And that's showbiz, baby. So stay spooky, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 